Hey everyone, you are listening to Medical Melanin, a podcast for all things medical. This is your host, Dr. Dominique Carey, family nurse practitioner, bringing you all kinds of things related to medicine, nursing practice, the professional field, and more. So today I am joined by Tina Baxter, someone who I like to call a nurse extraordinaire. She is an educator, has been an educator, is a nurse, is a nurse practitioner, is a business owner, is a legal nurse consultant, and the list goes on and on and on. Honestly, like every turn I make in this interview, you can see she's already done it, every suggestion, and I want to be just like her when I grow up. Tina runs the Nurse Shark Academy and she is out of Anderson, Indiana. And that's really all the introduction she needs because she is going to speak for herself. So let's get into it. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Great. My name is Tina Baxter. I'm a nurse practitioner, legal nurse consultant. And uh, I've been in the healthcare industry for over 25 years. What is your education background so starting from like the very beginning <laughs> to what you do now well if you want to really start from the very beginning we're going to have to go back to junior high and I'm saying this because I was a church nurse I was a junior church nurse at my church and my mom was a church nurse and so anytime my mom volunteered somewhere we were automatically volunteers so when she was on the kitchen committee we were on the kitchen committee so uh, the only thing she didn't volunteer with was the choir because my mom is not a big singer, but I am. So I started out learning about nursing and taking care of people from a very young age. And my mom was a volunteer at the nursing home. So I was a volunteer at the nursing home. And that kind of began my love for working with older adults. So I started out uh, working um, as a volunteer and then over the summer, because my interest has always been science and medicine from a young age, um, I worked for the uh, University of Toledo um, Medical College of Ohio. So it was called Medical College of Ohio at that time. And I spent three summers working for them in the lab. And what I learned as a high school student working in the lab is that that was not my calling. <laughs> because I, even though I enjoyed the, the lab work, it just was repetitive. It was kind of the same thing every day. My last summer working for them, uh, because I'd been doing it for so long, they put me in their outpatient unit and their outpatient lab and because they're short so short staff and I was really good with the microscope and everything they gave me my own section <laughs> even as a high school student I had my own section so I was the queen of poop as I like to call it <laughs> I look for rotavirus um, in in samples and then I also look for chlamydia and the pathologist would check my work and you know more than not I called it and got it right uh, because I was always good with a microscope having had one since I was a young kid that was one of my favorite Christmases was getting my first microscope so fast forward to going to college and um, I started out with a uh, getting a degree in biology because my goal at that time was to go to medical school that had been my plan and everything but as I got into it and got into working with my cousin who's an OBGYN in Arkansas and I spent two weeks with him and that's where I learned that OB is not my calling <laughs> okay because I love my sleep and if you're you call me two o'clock in the morning you better be having a baby there's no Braxton Hicks with me right so I get very cranky when my sleep's interrupted so I realized what I what I thought might be a good fit for me wasn't, but I went to school, got a degree in biology and decided not to go to medical school after sitting the MCAT twice. <laughs> I just never, I never can force myself to submit the application. And I kept having these nightmares about men in white jackets forcing me to sit at a, at a desk and learn, right? And I was just like, they just took all the fun and joy out of it. So I was a fifth year senior at a very expensive private college. And I knew my parents were like, you better pick something. Uh, so I decided to get a job working as a nursing assistant because I figured I'll be a CNA and I'll figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life while I'm working. So I got a job as a CNA. And that's when I really got introduced into nursing and knew what a nurse could do 
And I thought, well, if they can do it, I can do it. So I, you know, prayed about it, made the decision to go to nursing school. So being the naive, you know, young person that I was at the time, I just said, well, I'm going to nursing school. I'm that's what I thought. And so I called him up and uh, we were, I was going to go to the, a local school and become an LPN, but they were full. The class was full. So I said, well, you know what? I got almost a, a bachelor's degree. I'm just going to call my fiance. Now husband said, just call Anderson University where I live. You know, they've got a nursing program. It's a good program. Call them and see. So I just called up and said, I want to go to your nursing school. Let me transfer and let me in. Now, by the way, this is two weeks before the semester started because my lease was up on my apartment. So I had to find a place to live. And so I said, let me in, not knowing how hard it you know, is to get into nursing school. So they said, well, first you got to get accepted into the, the university and then get accepted into nursing school. I said, okay. So I sent over my transcripts, got accepted in university. School of nursing took one look at my transcripts and said, we'd love to have you. So I got in two weeks before the semester started to nursing school because I had no idea how hard it was supposed to be because I was already pretty much finished with my bachelor's. All I had to do was finish a Bible class and a math class and transfer it back to Taylor. So I ended up getting my bachelor's in biology and then I got a BSN in nursing. And I came in as a sophomore and spent an additional three years in college, which my dad at that time has said, this is on you. I've already paid for five years at a very expensive private university. So I went to another very expensive private university. Um, on my own. Well, I'm in uh, nursing school, and uh, as part of being in school, I joined the nursing association, the student nursing association, and they have a partnership with the Indiana State Nurses Association. So they needed a student representative to be on the board with them. So I volunteered to do it. Now, this is important because this is something your, your listeners need to know. It's taking the opportunities. You never know when that's going to pay off later on. So I volunteered and I was on the board with them and worked with, you know, them. And I was also on the state board for this um, student organization, ran for state office, did the whole nine thing, right? So I decided uh, after I graduated, um, I was looking for a job and I got a job in psychiatry. That was my first job um, as a nurse. And I thought I was making big money then because I went from making like, you know, seven, eight dollars an hour to eighteen dollars an hour back then. I was like, Woohoo, I made it. I'm rich. Right. And so, yeah, <laughs> then reality set in. Uh, but yeah, so I started my first job um, at, Ball, uh, at um, Ball Memorial Hospital. And I worked there for about a year or so. And it was during that time as a brand new nurse, my first day off of orientation, um, I was thrown into being charge nurse with no unit secretary. So I had to figure out how to enter all the labs, orders, and all this stuff all on my own with two admissions that came in. <laughs> On a very busy detox unit, which means that every two hours I have to take vital signs and my uh, nursing assistant that was with me, who was not trained on the computer, had bad knees and could barely walk. So that was my first night off of orientation. I was literally in orientation on second shift and charge nurse on third shift. <laughs> yeah. And I had to do a double. <laughs> So that's my introduction into nursing, and it was it was a baptism by fire, and I learned a lot in that position. So about a year, year and a half later, you know, they had asked me to do things like teach the clinical rotation for Ivy Tech because uh, they were making all their LPNs become RNs, and they needed someone to teach their clinical for psych. None of the other nurses would do it, so I'm like, I'll do it. And so that, that's kind of the story that I have, you know, so I asked them like, oh, so I'll give it, give it a try. And so I'll say, I'll do it. So I started, that's the first time I started teaching and I taught for Ivy Tech and I taught these nurses about psychiatry. And it was right after that, that a position opened up at the hospital where I lived um, at St. John's, it was called at the time. And they needed a, a supervisor. The very first time ever, getting an evening shift supervisor for the psychi psychiatry unit. So I had to start that position and kind of make it and create it and make it my own. Um, so I did. And I remember my boss at the time said, do you really think you're ready for this? Okay, yes, she was hateful, okay? 
Um, there's a whole long story about that. And I said, well, you know what? They think I'm ready for this because they hired me. See ya. <laughs> and I left. <laughs> so I was there for seven years. And it was in that time that I decided to take some training to become a parish nurse, which is a church nurse, formerly as an RM. So I looked at some programs and the University of Indianapolis had a program. So I thought, well, this is a good time for me to test the waters and see if maybe I can go to graduate school. Because, you know, I was like, I took my GREs because in order to pass your, your bachelor's in biology, you had to sit for the GRE and you had to pass the GRE biology subject test in order to pass your major. Okay, uh, I don't know if they do that to them right now anymore, but that back then, that's how you passed your major, which obviously I passed. Uh, but so my scores were way old, right? Now I didn't want to do the GRE again. It was like, no, I don't want to do that again. But I decided to take it for graduate credit. So I signed up for graduate credit for this course, thinking I'm just going to take this course, do what I need to do, be a church nurse, be happy. I get in there and the instructor that is teaching the course, leading the course, happens to be the dean of the School of Nursing at the time, who was on the board and the past president of the State Nurses Association, where I had served with her on this committee. So she said, oh, great, I'm glad that you're here, blah, blah, blah. I noticed that you've taken this for graduate credit. You passed with an A. Why aren't you going to grad school? And I said, oh. I was just testing it out to see if I could, you know, go to grad school and work full time, you know, in management and all this stuff. And I really don't want to spend the extra money. You know, I don't want to have to take the GREs again. That was the big thing. I don't want to take that again. So I, just, so I hemmed and haul. And so about two weeks before the semester started, two or three weeks before the semester started, I get a letter in the mail and it says, you have been provisionally accepted into the FMP program show up to class on this date <laughs> and that's how I got into graduate school <laughs> it was being at the right place at the right time and making the right connections and talking to people and being willing to put yourself out there uh, so I showed up to class started in the FNP program got to my peds rotation and realized nope peds is not for me I miss my older adults. So I went back and changed it to the GNP program. And I was a double major um, in, in nursing education because I love to teach. I, I was adjunct faculty at AU and I've done all those things too. So I love to teach. And so I got a master's in nursing education and a post-master's as a gerontological nurse practitioner. So in answer to your question, here's the journey. I have a BA in biology followed by a BSN, technically a year later, in nursing. During the time I got my BA in biology, the reason why I had to transfer back a Bible class is because I had two minors, one in Bible, one in French. And so I had to finish my Bible minor. Fast forward to my BSN, I ran out of classes to take. So I got a minor also in psychology which also set me up to become a psychiatric nurse because I was ready to jump into that field by the time I finished nursing school and leave med surge behind. So you've been there, done that. So I was in uh, psychiatry. Stayed in there, learned a lot of management skills and how to manage my time as well as other people's time. So ended up going to graduate school where I was a double major in nursing education and in the GMP program as a gerontological nurse practitioner. So I say all that to say, my, my journey to becoming a nurse practitioner is very circuitous. It wasn't a straight shot. And it doesn't matter where you start is how you finish. Wow, that is impressive. So, okay, several things mm -hmm. I had thought I had. So, okay, so you worked at Ball, which my grandma worked at Ball as a psych nurse. Her name mm -hmm. is Judy Carey, and she worked at, at Ball Psych. I want to say, I mean, oh my I'm pretty gosh. sure <laughs> Who is your mom? My grandma. Your grandma? Okay. So she was one of the nurses when I worked up there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she was a spitfire. <laughs> she does not believe that about herself. So she actually works for me now. So she 
she worked there at Ball for like 40 years. That's the only thing she ever did. And then like, you know, Meridian bought them out and she worked there still. And then she ended up having like both her knees replaced and she actually had a brain tumor. Um, and so she couldn't work 12s and they basically forced her to retire. So she did. And then she actually went to the Anderson Center for a couple of years back, mm-hmm. um, which I also worked at St. Vincent at the time. And then she retired like last last year or the year before COVID stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And now when I opened my clinic, I was like, you're going to come work for me and do shots. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Oh, yes. I remember she gave it to was it, um, one of the doctors um, took, over, took over as interim um, medical director. And she had to call him in the middle of the night. And he was like, why are you calling me? Because she's like, she was like, because it's your patient. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> yes, I'll have to talk. I'm going to talk to her later and bring you up because, yeah, it's a small world. It's a small world. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing. Um, and then there were so many things. It was great. Um, what was I just thinking about? Oh, okay. So what made you decide to not do like a psych NP. Did they not have that program there? Since you have so much psychiatric, you, you know, they didn't have that program, and I found that I really enjoyed the older adult population. So technically, I am doing geropsych right now. <laughs> I end up doing geropsych, but there's no specialty in geropsych, so there's no certification there. Um, and I've actually been tasked to write the certificate program for it. <laughs> Because uh, with our yeah, with our GAPMA group, which is our gerontological group, and I said I thought we were going to work for a certification in geropsych. They're like, well, let's do a certificate first. I said, okay. I said, well, you be ahead of that. <laughs> I said, see this? We open my mouth. <laughs> no, um, that's yeah, uh, yeah. There's no there's no certification yet for geropsychiatry, which I want them to be, because I found that older adults there's so much. That you can learn from them, and there's so much to see. And I love the variety of it. You never know what you're going to get if you walk on that nursing home floor, um, if somebody is going to be wearing all their clothes that day or not. Or if someone's go, you know, going to have a fall or, you know, suddenly someone's heart failure is, is acting up or you just never know. Someone's having seizures. You don't know. And so you get to see all the different things when you're working in that environment. It's kind of what I consider to be like ER light <laughs> where you never know what's going to happen in the door. You can have a crisis at any moment. But it's thrilling. And then I get to learn so much from my older adults. So I really enjoyed that primary care aspect of it. And I did that for, gosh, 10 years or so in primary care with older adults. Um, But then I never forgot my psychiatric background. And so having worked as a nurse practitioner in addictions, (laughs) I worked for Fairbanks for a while um, in addictions. That was my first job as a nurse practitioner because I, it's a long story with what happened to the job, but I was already their nurse educator. And so they took me on board to help them in the clinic as a nurse practitioner. So very grateful for that. And Dr. Kelly for that. Um, but I'm now working back in psychiatry, um, seeing adults and picking that up. And I've done the gamut of you know, working in hospice, long-term care, um, out in the community, still very much in the community um, with a variety of different things. And I love it. So I kind of marry all those things because when you work with older adults, I don't care if you are primary care, you're going to be dealing with psychiatric issues. And I like working with the dementia population and and that type of thing and managing those behaviors, um, helping them to, to lead a productive life as long as they can. Um, that's my goal, and to help educate the families about the different stages, what they're going to see, how uh, to help. So that's one of the reasons why I keep going back and getting additional information and education. So through GAPNA, I got my dementia care specialty certification. Um, Through PASI, I wrote the exam and the course and the test for the fall prevention specialist, so I'm certified for that too. And I do those things because I think even in psychiatry, we need to understand what's happening with an older adult and their body and how they respond to the medications. Yeah, you you are an expert in that area. It's, It's great. I 
speaking of like dementia so um obviously I have grandparents they're older and my grandpa especially he doesn't have dementia but he has old timers as we say like he forgets stuff I actually started giving him NAD injections which are at my clinic and I cannot ever remember the super long name for NAD Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that is one of you know the um that's one of the benefits of it and I didn't know if you had heard you know worked with it or saw it or had any input on that we don't I don't offer them in the cl- the clinic where I work. I don't know. I don't think we offer that, but I have uh, referred people to other things. And so if there's something that they need, I may send them to a neurologist and the neurologist may have it for them. So I work really close with the neurology, uh, particularly when it comes to behaviors. And I try to you know, have a discussion with the family because they get really frustrated, you know, having to tell them the fifth time that dinner will be in a half an hour. I said, we have to remember their their brain's not grasping, that's not holding on to that information. So if you could find a way to uh, remind them, maybe giving them a schedule that they can look at or putting a, putting a little clock on there with the time on it, that this is when dinner is happening, it might help them. I mean, I had a gentleman that every day at 4.30, he would come to the nurse's station and ask, uh, when's, when's dinner? And we're like, it'll be at five o'clock. Well, I'm hungry now. And they're like, would you like a banana? And he'd take his banana and that was satisfying. We kept bananas at the nurse's station because we knew that's one thing he liked to eat because he's a very picky eater. And he would come up every day at 4.30 ready to eat, knowing that dinner's a half hour away. But he'd still come up at 4.30 every day and ask for a banana because he was hungry. So, you know, you just have to, to follow their lead in some certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Meeting them where they are is all you can do. So do you primarily, do you see people in a clinic or are you going to facilities? How, where's your work at? Right now I am seeing people in a clinic. They come to me or I see them with telemedicine. Um, So if they're in a facility, I may see them through telehealth. Um, I do have them come in periodically so I can get hands on with them, but um, I'll see them through telemedicine, which has been great uh, to be able to do that. Um, That's one of the good things that came out of the pandemic because it opened up the eyes of the government to say, and Medicaid in particular, and Medicare, hey, we should pay for this. (laughs) Um, And it's been wonderful because it's kept people out of the psychiatric hospital and kept them on their meds all during the pandemic. So it's been really great to be able to do that. Yeah, I'm following um, like the DEA changes because I know they're considering uh, allowing like 30 day prescriptions before seeing them in person. Um, for some controlled and um, just some changes with that since the Mm -hmm. pandemic. So I do think there has been a lot of things that we just saw were productive in the pandemic and, or can be lax and are beneficial. So I think that is very important. Only few good things that came out of the pandemic. Uh, So is this your business, one of your businesses, or are you working for someone else? I'm working for someone else. Um, I, to maintain my, um, you know, be nurse practitioner and all that stuff, I opted to work for someone else in that capacity because it frees me up to do the other things that I do um, as a business consultant and a legal nurse consultant. Um, because I do some expert work, um, I have that credibility to act as an expert in a legal case because I'm still actively practicing. Um, so that's one of the reasons why, and plus, I, I like the benefits. <laughs> I'm getting close to retirement. And so benefits are important, right? And so I want to make sure I have those benefits in place so that when I get ready to retire and transition into full-time working for myself, you know, we've got those things locked in. And it just makes sense for me at this time in my life. I completely understand that. That's not, benefits is always the hangup. <laughs> so Tell me how you got into the legal nurse consultant, because I love law stuff. My original plan was I was going to be a lawyer, but I was like, I don't want to write that many papers. And then I go to nursing school and I still write papers. I don't know what I thought that was going to be. Um, but like just law stuff, like I, I always say, like, if I retire when I'm 50, I'll probably go back and do some law education or something. So tell me how you got into that. That is another being at the right place at the right time for me. Um, I had heard about it, kind of did a little bit of research on it, thought about it, stuck it in the back of my mind, right? So about six, six, seven, seven, seven years, seven, no, gosh, 
okay, eight years ago. <laughs> got to think, is it how long have we been in business? Okay, so about eight years ago, I got a letter in the mail um, at my practice uh, when I was working in long-term care. And of course, you get a, a letter from an attorney, it freaks everybody out. And so I get this letter and it freaked me out, right? And so I'm like, what is this? And it was an attorney asking me to sit on a medical review panel for a, a case that he had. Um, you know, in Indiana, we have the medical review panel process where it goes before a board of experts to determine whether or not they think it should go on to trial. And so I was asked to sit on there as their nurse expert. So I thought, all right, I'll give it a try. You know, I'm up for it. So I'm always interested in it. So let's see how it goes. And so I said, sure, I'll do that. And he says, now, this is what we'll pay for you to, you know, to do this. And then after that, when we take your deposition, you'll have to give us your fee schedule. And I'm like, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Didn't have one. Well, two weeks after I got that case, I had a call from another attorney who asked me to be a fact witness in a case because of an incident that happened at a the building and I was um, the nurse one of the uh, nurse practitioners there so I was involved not from the standpoint I was being sued but from the standpoint of I had information to give so I was a fact witness and they asked me to come in and then he said oh and when we take your deposition we need your fee schedule and I'm like oh man I had to come up with a fee schedule so I did quick google search figure out what people were charging around um, in the area and I thought okay so they charge the standard amount I'm going to charge $30 less because I have you know I've never done this before so I'm like I'm not going to build them a lot for my learning curve but when I started getting to the medical records and I started digging because I got boxes of medical records by the way in this review panel case and I'm the bad one that uh, asked for more records <laughs> like well okay they're saying that you know this was going on so we need to make sure that this actually happened so I asked for their employee time cards and I said I don't want just the census you know you know nursing homes post their census every day I said no 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 I need their time cards and I need to know exactly what their title was at the time because one of the things that they were alleging was that they were using student uh, nurse assistants and they hadn't yet passed their state training. So therefore, uh, they had all students on the floor. They didn't have any regular CNAs that they can call on and that this is why they had so much problem in the nursing home, et cetera, et cetera. So I pulled those time cards. When I pulled those time cards, I could match up the the ones that were saying all this and the others that were working that day and saw that, yes, indeed, they did have a certified nursing assistant on the floor at the time that these other individuals were working and what they were saying was not accurate. But had I not asked for the actual time cards, I could have gotten anything on that paper because all it says is CNA, RN, LPN, et cetera, for their staffing. So I asked for the time cards. And is that reason that I, that I think helped save money for this particular uh, nursing home? Because even though they eventually settle, they settle for a lot less and it uh, did not go to trial. And I think I saved the money. And when I had my deposition, because the attorney that was for the nursing home was there. And, you know, I'm, in, I'm impartial. I'm not for either side. I'm impartial. And so the defense, I mean, the plaintiff attorney was just, I don't know, I don't, he was just a, not a nice person. <laughs> I'm going to try to be politically correct because I don't want you to lose any ratings on this. All right. Um, and so if you're monetized, I'm trying to keep it clean. But, you know, I, I'm like, he, he just was not a, a, a nice individual. He's a very angry man to work with. And so he just kept picking and picking. Now, you know, they, they're going to pick at you at deposition and try to discredit you. I understand that. And I understood that having sat through other things and kind of watched and, and I had taken training by then to learn what I was supposed to do. And so, um, but he went over the top to the point that if a judge had been there, he might have been sanctioned. Okay. This is how bad he was. And he kept trying to knock me off my square, but I kept my composure. I didn't, you know, get in back and forth with him. And so the attorney, the defense attorney was so pleased at how I conducted myself in this deposition 
that she now hires me a lot to help her with her cases. And so that's how I got started. And from there, I've learned a lot. I've joined a couple of masterminds to help me uh, in the legal nurse consulting space to learn more about the business and how to conduct myself and, and do those things. And so that's how I got started um, to where I sometimes will help them do a review for merit, see if a case has merit, should it go forward or not. Um, I've saved them money and time on that because there was a case where the person had a fall and they were in the hospital. They left the hospital, they ended up in the nursing home and they had an ulcer on their bottom. Well, the a plaintiff attorney was trying to say that the ulcer was caused at the nursing home. I get the records and I look at the records, but I also have the hospital records. And I look at the records and the nursing home clearly documented on admission that he had this wound present when he got there. So they, they didn't cause it. They actually helped him get it over it. I looked back in the, in the hospital medical records and found out that he had fallen and had potentially laid on the floor at his home for maybe four days before he was, you know, discovered. So I like, you can't say that the nursing home caused this. You might be able to go and do some more digging. Did the uh, hospital um, find, find this? you know, and, and address it, that this potential, but it likely started from when he fell at home and not from the nursing home. And I said, this is not a good case to take forward. If you take it to trial, you're probably not going to win on this one. And that saved them time and money because they could see, okay, this is probably not a good case to go forward, at least against the nursing home. Now, what they did with the hospital, that's on them. But, you know, that was my that was my opinion. And I was able to do that and help them without having to spend a lot of money. So that's how I help attorneys. Yeah, so I've done I've looked into that, which one I have really bad imposter syndrome and I've not I have not been a nurse, you know, as long as you have. So I don't feel like an expert in anything. I feel like. I would get in there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I had it, or do I? I don't know. So it's very intimidating. It's something I would love to do, um, but it is very intimidating just the thought of it. Um, but do you recommend, there's like certificates or something for mm-hmm. it, um, but you don't have to do that. So do you recommend it? Here, here's, what I, here's what I recommend. And I actually teach a course just on LNC basics for just this reason. I tell the person, look at what your comfort zone will be. There's a certification that's available and there's two or three companies as well as the AALNC, the American Association of Legal Nurse Consultants that have certification programs. And then there's certificate programs that you would get like maybe from your um, university, uh, from um, from different entities, they'll give you a certificate of completion. You technically don't need any of that because what the attorney is hiring you for is for your nursing knowledge, not your legal knowledge. They have the legal knowledge. You have the nursing knowledge. And so if you remember that, then you can go for it. Now, I would recommend that you learn a little bit about what it means and and what you're supposed to do and how to prepare a report. And that's where those training programs are helpful because they can help you on how to write a report unless you're going to work in-house for an attorney and that attorney is going to teach you in-house how they want their reports done. But if you're going to be independent, I would say invest at least into a, a, a pro- course or program to learn how to prepare a good report, um, how to look for the standard of care and uh, how to formulate those opinions. And so that's some of the things that you would do. So um that was very helpful for me. And I took a, a course myself through university because at, at, again, at that time I had nothing, right? I didn't have a fee schedule and everything. And so I wanted to know at least the basics of what I'm supposed to know to get started. And I took a six weeks course with the university and got a certificate and went on from there. And so it really just depends on what you want to do. I will say that certification doesn't really matter to the attorneys as far as legal nurse consulting certification. Um, They're like, are you a nurse? Okay. Are you in good standing? Okay. Did you work in the field that I'm looking for for this particular case? Yep. You take the boxes. There you go. Um, So uh, it's a nursing thing. Certification is a nursing thing. 
right? We love to have alphabet soup after our name. And, and so you can do that. And I'm not, I'm not arguing against it or for it. I'm saying make the best decision that's for you. And that's what I tell people. And we kind of go a little bit more about that in the course because people are always asking, you know, well, as an LPN, can I be a, a legal nurse consultant? By definition, no. However, you can work for a legal nurse consultant and help them make chronologies and things like that. So there are certain things you can do, but you wouldn't necessarily be like the expert they would call in, if that makes sense because you don't have the RN background. And, and so it's a, it's a specialty among nursing. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, but yeah. Um, so we break it down in the course a little bit better so people can decide what they want to do. But I never thought I would be doing this as a business either. In fact, I never thought I would be a business owner anyway. Because <laughs> that was never my intention. <laughs> but given the circumstances because I love to teach and I figured out academia was not for me and the reason is because one as adjunct faculty you don't get the tenure you don't get all the stuff that comes with tenure um two if you do go for tenure um there's that whole political stuff that goes along with that and three, as a practicing nurse practitioner, y'all really don't pay enough for me to give up that nurse practitioner pay to go work in academia. But I wanted to teach. So I found a different way and I joined a company with my friends and became a business partner with friends and opened up a CNA training school. And that started my entrepreneurial journey. So lots of things there. Uh, one, you know, so I've never thankfully, knock on wood, ever been called, like, called for anything that I was involved in as a nurse. But my grandma, like, the very first thing she told me was, like, your documentation is everything. Yep. Um, and it is, and that's, you know, it's years down the line, and I know, um, I actually gotten, had an argument with a respiratory therapist once. She wanted me to change my charting, and I'm like, I'm not changing my charting. My, you chart what you want to chart, and I'll chart what I want to chart, and yep. somebody else will decide, like, what it is, but I mean, we argued like all day for a 12 hour shift about it. And she even told my boss and my boss was like, I mean, it's your charting. You don't, you don't change it. So mm -mm. I hope anyone that's listening, you know, understands like that is all you have five years from now, if someone pulls that case in and you're looking back at it. Um, so there is that. Um, as far as the academia, I completely understand that. I teach at a university right now and I can get tenure I can apply for tenure because I have my doctorate do I want to do that I'm not really sure because yeah like you said and it's there's so much research and it's not that I don't like research I just don't know if I want that to be my mm -hmm. life and they don't pay as much I mean it is not thankfully for me I've never been full-time as a nurse practitioner so I'm not I've not been exposed to the full amount of potential I can make um, so it was okay for me to take what I make and also work at other jobs and have my flexibility. But there is a need to correct that because they're, they're, they're losing nurses just like they are in the practice. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely needs to be addressed. Uh, so I didn't know you. I, I did not know you had all the stuff, the CNA school too. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's amazing. I also never planned on being a business owner. I've always said, like, I just want to be a peon and go home. I just want to do my job and go home. So it does just kind of fall into your lap. And um, I know I have been with people who have tried to open a CNA school. So I know that that is hectic. So are you still doing? Do you still have that? Well, the business that I was with, we closed right before the pandemic hit. It was really funny. We closed in, at the end of February 2020, pandemic, boom, everything shut down. Um, and it wasn't because of the pandemic. It was because my business partners are older than me, and they wanted to retire and do other things. And, you know, one was, you know, into uh, really doing a lot of work and great work with HIV. And that was her focus. And that was not my focus. And, and I was ready to like, you know, get up going, get running and all this stuff. So it, it came at a good time that we were ready to kind of hang up our hat and close that business down. 
And that's when I moved my business to my current location. And the legal nurse consulting just exploded after that. Um, I've added on the Nurse Shark Academy after that, where I help nurses build their own businesses um, and started the podcast. All these things happen. Uh, and I think it was a good time for us to make that shift because I invested then those resources into learning more about business and how to run business and how to do things that I needed for myself. So I took a lot of time to work on myself and invest in trainings and things like that so that I can be prepared to help other people. And so now I'm coming back to reopening the CNA training school under my own brand. Um, I just, I, it, you know, people have been calling me and saying, are you going to open up again? Are you going to open again? I'm like, I don't want to do that again. And then one of the nursing homes that I used to work with, the administrator called me and begged me to help them with the home health aid class. Because there are CNAs, you know, during the um, pandemic, they could take an eight-hour class and hit the floor. Well, that was going away. And they all had to either become a home health aide or a CNA by, I think it was October. And so um, I did a home, I, I was still, you know, able to teach it. So I did a home health aid class for them. And I thought I could do this as a business again. And then people started asking me, I just had a, um, a, a, a meeting yesterday with someone who said, oh, you can teach CNA classes. Oh, we got to We want you to take this contract and we'll, we'll, we'll work on that on a side deal and a contract. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I, you know, it was God putting it in my way and keep putting it in my way. And I needed a way to get back into the nursing homes because I kind of missed that doing what I'm doing now. And so this is my other way of getting back into the nursing homes was um, having a, a class and teaching these uh, students because I, I get excited when I see that light bulb go on and I know that this could be their stepping point into something greater. Um, when we had our old school, we had students that became nursing home administrators, physical uh, uh, therapists, nursing uh, nurses. Uh, one went to medical school, one went to PA school. These are students that started out as CNAs and QMAs and have gone on. And it's seeing that happen with your students is great. And I, you know, and if they're going to just want to stay a home health aide, as long as you're the best home health aide there is, I'm happy. You know, so when people would come through our program, we had one student, bless her heart. Um, she came out of our program and she was just, I'm just going to say it, lazy. Okay. And so she told them, oh, in my training, we never had to put anybody on the toilet. I don't know how to do that. So. What she didn't realize, she was working for one of my buildings. And so the um, corporate trader called me and said, she was one of your students. She said she never put anybody on the toilet. I said, you tell her I said, I'll be there in an hour. And I'm going to remind her about all that stuff we checked her off on. And we're going to put everybody on the toilet when I get there. You tell her I said that. You know that girl walked out and quit <laughs> before I got there? <laughs> Because they were like, I, now we know you, we know you, you you're not going to give up, you know, let them pass it. I know their stuff now. I said, you are certainly right. And she's not going to have my good name out there. I said, you tell her I'll be there in an hour. Yeah, she ended up quitting. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's great. Congratulations on opening that back up. So I am trained to teach CNA and QMA, but I never have. And I started as a, well, I mean, I was in nursing school and I went ahead and took uh, the test Ivy Tech and mm -hmm. became a CNA. And I, I mean, I, I have so much appreciation for them. Um, it's such a, you know, it's an underappreciated position as mm -hmm. I feel like all of our positions are. Um, it was really hard because when I transitioned to be an RN, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to transition in the place that you work where you were because then people are like, oh, like, do you feel like you're too good to do that now? And I'm like, no, I just also have to do all of this. And that is now just your task, not mine. So I have to prioritize that. But I mean, I have such an appreciation for CNAs. I think they make great nurses or, you know, whatever they go on to be. Um, but I also think like, it's a good point to touch on that, you know, you've done business, you've closed and then possibly reopened. And I think people who are trying to be entrepreneurs are so discouraged if things don't go well. Um, yes. 
myself and two of my friends, we started a home care in the pandemic. I don't know what's wrong with us. And it didn't go well. And I was so happy to see it close <laughs> because <laughs> it was so stressful. Mm-hmm. And and it and we're still like we're great friends, you know, that that ruins mm-hmm. relationships mm-hmm. sometimes. But it's okay to like try and not succeed. I don't want to say fail because it wasn't even a failure. It just wasn't right. Um and it then, wasn't the right timing. Right, right. And mm-hmm. I think like you are such a living testament testament to that too. Like sometimes things don't end up the way we plan to. It doesn't mean it's a failure. It just means that the road changed. Yep. You have to you have to be able to be flexible. That's that other F word that we need to learn, that flexibility. And I've learned that over the years to be able to pivot and to change. And I started out as a CNA. So I worked my way up. I was a home health aide, a CNA, uh, nurse tech, RN. So when I when I was in the nursing home and we were in the room, even as a nurse practitioner, and somebody needed to be changed, I'm like, the nurse would be there. And I'm like, look, we're going to change this person. Well, I got to look at her butt anyway. So let's roll them over. We're going to change and do it all at the same time. Why would you go out there and flag down that poor CNA who's beleaguered with all these people when we're standing right here and it takes just as much time to get this done? I said, no, we're going to get this done while we're in there. And because of that, the CNAs respected me and the RNs respected me. And the patients were like, well, you shouldn't have to do this. I told her, I said, I'm still a nurse, aren't I? It says nurse practitioner we going to get this done. I got to see your bottom. We got to get you cleaned up or I won't be able to see anything. Now, will I? And, I? and it tells me a lot more about your physical health. If I see what's happening with your body, I said, this is all part of it. You know, she was embarrassed, but I'm like, I'm not. I like, I've, I've seen it all, you know, and, and it doesn't bother me to jump in there and do that. I've helped pull people up in bed. I've taken people down to, to the dining room. I sat and, you know, when I had some time and fed somebody in the dining room because, you know, they've got Alzheimer's and this is the only way I can get them to sit down long enough for me to assess them. So I feed them a bite and I take a listen to their heart because, you know, this is what we have to do. I, I had one lady that she would round with me. She, she was a retired nurse. And so I'd come on and she'd see me. She said, come on, let's go. I said, okay. So we do rounds and she would stand outside the door uh, and I would go in and I would see the other patient. She would never interfere. But when I was done, she said, okay, now let's go to the next one. So we go, she would round with me because that's what she was used to doing. You know? Yeah. I mean, I love it. I, I've worked um, Alzheimer's unit, um, you know, and I, that it's funny. I mean, it's not, but like they give you a good laugh and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they just, they don't know. And they're so cute. <laughs> they don't know. So, yes. um, so tell me a little bit about the, um, it's the nurse shark Academy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what all, I know you said you are helping entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So what is, how do we get into that? Or what does that look like? Okay. So you could always hop on our website, the nurse And I have a couple of ways you can join. You know, I have what I call our nurse master class, right? Our nurse builder master class, our business builder. We go through six sessions. We go through on how to get your business up and started from A to Z, right? So we start off, your first session is your why. Because we can't get past that. There's no sense of us having the other sessions. We have to get to why you want to do that business and why your business would exist. And we build on that. We build out your business plan. We talk about branding and marketing and all the the things that we don't like to do as nurses because we just want to go in and do the thing, you know, because we're comfortable doing that. But it's all that back stuff that we need to do. And that sets us up for success. What I've seen over the years is a lot of nurses want to jump in and start the business and then do all this in the back end. And that causes them more problems because they have to redo it and relearn and all that. Uh, Good example, I had a social worker um, that I was working with and she had launched a, a business and she had a home care agency. She wanted to open up a satellite agency in another town. I said, great. And so she wanted me to help her find a manager. I said, okay, I'll see if I can find somebody to help you run it. I said, well, give me the job description. And she gave me a list of duties. I said, this is not a job description. I said, well, what's your training manual? How will you onboard them? She didn't have one. I said, okay, what are your policies and procedures? None of that. 
how are you having your own your other agency run? Because you want to make sure that both agencies run the same way. I said, well, why don't we do this? Why don't you come down? We'll go to some meetings with some people and you'll get to meet some people in the community. So they begin to know, like, and trust you so that, you know, you can get referrals. Oh, I don't have time for that. And then back in my mind, I'm thinking, why are you in business? And so we have those conversations ahead of time. So one of my uh, fellow sharks, uh, she went through my program and she put together her business plan and she had to go get her bank account. Well, when she went to go get her bank account at the bank, they asked for um, her business, her financial plan and all this stuff. And she said, Miss Tina, I had it right there. I could just hand it right to her. I said, because we got it done. You have that. I said, we have the plans. It's a, it's, I tell nurses, if you can write a nursing care plan, you can write a business plan. And it's not the dry, stuffy business plan that people think about. No, this is a plan for your business with looking at your growth for the next three, five, 10 years and how you're going to get there. We're going to build those steps in there. And so that's what I teach in the program. So you can join the, the master class or you can become a member. We just launched our Nurse Shark Academy membership. When you're part of the membership, it's a six month membership. Yes, you can cancel. I don't lock you in. Um, but I want to say, I, I make it six months because for some people, a uh, year long just sounds like, oh my gosh, this is so long. No, I make it six months, you can always renew. But if you join and the membership, <laughs> then you get access to all the courses that we have. That's all part of your membership. So you don't have to pay extra for the master class. You don't have to pay extra for the LNC basic class. You don't have to pay extra for any of the classes that are trainings that I do. They're all part of it. And you get the one-on-one -on -one coaching as well as the group coaching that's available too. So um, I add all of that because I wanted to give more value back to the nurses. And, and because we now have the podcast, you go through the program, you get a guest spot on the podcast because I want to highlight your business. And, and, and really promote you. And so that's my give back as well is I, I, I started the podcast for nurses and business owners because I want to shine the light on us. And I, and I like to say, I want to talk to the nurse next door. Yeah, I want to talk to the big names. That's great. You know, the people that we all know and love and heard about and people with big organizations. But I also want to talk to the nurse that's making the little bath soap in her kitchen and sell it on this as a side hustle. I want to talk to her too. And I want to talk to, to the nurse that's coaching people on their gut health. And he's doing well with his little business there. I want to talk to him and add, add him on my program. Um, so I think we all need to be celebrated. And, and that's my goal. And that's how the Nurse Shark Academy, you know, came about. I love that. I love it. It's so good. So the final piece before we go over where people can find you, I always ask for a piece of advice, um, whether it's to new nurses or current nurses or someone who wants to get in business, um, something from you know, your personal experience or not, just a piece of advice. I'm going to say start with what you have. Look at what you have and the skills that you have. I never would have thought that I would have my own show, my own business. It's because I started out in high school and probably I didn't get a chance to say this, but I was a radio DJ in high school and college. And I had those skills and I never thought I would use them for anything. And then during the pandemic, it started with me going live on Facebook, telling people where to get PPE and what the latest COVID numbers were and what was happening in our community. And then it blossomed into a whole news show so that now I have to curate news stories every week and tell about what's happening in nursing and healthcare. And then it became a blog as well. So I've added the blog and, and I started with what I had. If you're going to start in business, sometimes you just have to start. Don't be afraid to start. Let's just start with something small. I started as a side hustler teaching CPR classes. That's how I started. And then you can grow from there. But you got to at least just jump in there and start. I think I want to be you when I grow up because I feel like like I do CPR classes. I, I'm trying to like I'm, I'm following in your footsteps. I am trying to be you when I grow up. So you're mm -hmm. definitely a wonderful role model and inspiration. Um, it's, I mean, your resume, your CV is very 
and um, impressive. So I'm so happy to have this opportunity to really sit down and talk to you and learn more about you. Cause I just met you at the WIBU that one time um, yes. and I hadn't had the opportunity to really sit and talk with you. So I'm very uh, thankful that you agreed to do this. Uh, so where all can we all find you? What are the socials or websites that we can find you at? Well, if you're looking uh, for the Legal Nurse Consulting, that's always on our Baxter Professional Services po- uh, .com website. But if you're looking for the Nurse Shark Academy, it's the Nurse Shark Academy .biz, um, and you can find us there. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Alignable, you name it. We're there. Twitter. I even have a TikTok, but I don't go on TikTok very much. Um, YouTube. You can find us out there. And then we're right here in Anderson, 1416 Lincoln Street, Suite 1, right across from the Wigwam. If you if you go on Lincoln Street and you hit the Geeter Center, you're gone too far. We're right there on the corner behind the old abandoned church. <laughs> you need a commercial. You have a commercial? I have a commercial. <laughs> I give you any ideas. You already have thought about them. I, I, this is how I learned to do the podcast is I learned how to do quick, short, 30 second commercials. And that may be more comfortable with video editing and things like that. Um, I learned a lot by just doing that. And it took me two years to launch this podcast full, full disclosure. I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so hard. I'm going to have to do all the things. I have to buy all this equipment and have to do all this stuff. And I, I made it so hard in my head that when I actually sat down and did it, I was like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So maybe if you're thinking about launching your business, maybe you're making it too hard in your head. And it's just fear keeping you from doing it. Because when I, when I had my, I did my first recording on my own, I told my own story, which by the way, if you want to hear it, there's, there's my story there. Um, I gave my own story and I learned how to cut it, edit it at the intro, outro, uh, how to convert it, format it, and all these different things that I just learned how to do. And now it's just become a lot easier. And that's why I say, just get started. If you just take those little steps, those little steps. I'm a friend of mine just said today, those little steps stack and just take a little step forward. Yeah, I did an interview last night with um, a nurse practitioner named Rachel. She's actually in North Virginia. And she said her motto is do it scared. Yep. Do it scared. Yep. So just, well, I, I, this was great. All right, everyone. So that was Tina. Um, Tina is amazing. Like I said in the episode, I want to be her when I grow up. It's just crazy um, because you do meet people who graduate from nursing school Um, And they get one job and they love it and they stay there forever. And then you have people kind of like myself and especially like Tina who have done everything or like a lot of things. And I love that, especially dealing with students, because I think it really shows people that the nursing field and the medical field is so vast and you don't have to be stuck in one place. I definitely think there are perks. You should go into acute care at some point. And there's certain aspects of the medical field that I think is a good foundation for everyone to do and get those skill sets. But the world is wide and there's so many things um, that you can do. And so it's just amazing because just like I said, every time I even had an idea, she had already done it. And so I just think Tina's great. I'm glad to know her and to continue to network with her and follow her. Um, So again, that was Tina Baxter and she runs the Nurse Shark Academy. um, That is at nursesharkacademy.biz. She also has a podcast that is connected with the Nurse Shark Academy. She goes live on her Facebook, um, which is Tina Baxter, and then also the Nurse Shark Academy there. And she goes live all the time with tons of information. Um, She does video podcasts versus just audio like myself. Um, So you can also see who she's talking with. Um, You can enroll in the Nurse Shark Academy and find out what you want to do with your life. Do you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to go into legal nurse consulting? All kinds of things. Um, So definitely look into her. I will have all her information in the show notes. But, you know, as always, please listen to this podcast and share it with your friends. And so let your friends know that 
Medical Melanin, the podcast, is available on lots of different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, which is now also Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Amazon as well. Um, So yeah, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. I am doing interviews again because I had so much interest in the beginning. Um, And so this episode was actually recorded a couple months ago, and it's finally launching. Um, But that's the that's the podcast game. I'm still figuring it out. This is a love passion of mine more than a job. Um, And so I'm just going to keep doing that. But you can also follow me on Facebook at Rejuvenate Muncie or check out the website at rejuvenatemuncie.com. The podcast is also on the website and then lots of information about what I do and me. And that is it. So I'll catch you guys in about two weeks. Bye.